Thank you for taking time to listen to this sermon from Hope Church Toronto North. It is our prayer that through this message, you are challenged and encouraged by the Word of God and grow in your love for God and love for others. It is God's desire for us to be members of and regularly participate in a local church under the care of qualified elders. If you are not attending a local church right now, we encourage you to take that step. If you do live in the North York area and are looking for a local church, we invite you to visit us at one of our Sunday morning gatherings to discern if this is the church God is leading you to. Me versus me versus you. In all I pursue, I find vain attempts to rescue myself from myself. I've been struck down. And each and every time I try to climb up from this pit I call life, I'm brought lower and lower. I'm barely clinging to breath. And yet even in the depth of my sorrow, somewhere in my heart, I know that I know there's a brighter tomorrow. So why does my soul ache? Because it won't be the day after today. And my anxious thoughts only stray further and further away to find me bathing in a pool of tears created by my greatest fear that this agony will outlast my strength or will to fight the good fight that will in time find me relieved of this dear plight. Even though in my heart I know that I know hope prevails, in my mind I continuously wail and my soul aches and yearns to be healed by the seal that promised me abundant life. I'm longing for the sweetness of salvation to wash over me, to take hold of me and wrap me in its gift of freedom. My heart of hearts cries out to my Lord, my God, and my King. All my pains I bring to Him. In the morning and in the evening, all I have to sustain me is Him. So why does my soul ache? Because it feels like I'm surviving merely to survive. I'm striving to be more than I am rather than being who I truly am to thrive. I'm taking a deep dive into a darkness that will swallow me live. And yet and still, I'll open wide my lips and sing praises because I know that I know what I know about my God is true. That when it comes to me versus he, I'm the only one fighting and it's a losing battle. My God, my God, don't hide your face from me. Don't look the other way as I lay dormant. Stir within me a new song to bring you glory because I know that I know there's a place prepared for me by you because you do all that you do in lieu of what I am. Oh Lord, my God, I seek you. As my soul aches, I reach for you. Though many tell me you're not there, I will not believe the lies I hear. The world, it stands against me. My own flesh constantly offends me. Deceit upon deceit attempt to kill me, but Lord, my God, you still me. Show me your glory, Father. Guide my steps with your great light. Soothe my soul as you bestow upon me grace to grace. And though my soul aches, I will chase you. I will cling to hope and joy and love. I will fix my eyes on things above. My soul does ache, but more so it cries, and it pleads for mercy. And despite my pain, despite my fear, even amidst my doubts, 
My faith remains and I will praise you because I know what I know about you to be true. God, give you praise. Lord, you are worthy of our worship. And Father, as we turn to your word, we pray, God, that you would continue to minister to our souls, that you would continue to enlighten our eyes and remind us of your truth, of your love, of our gospel reality. We pray that you would be pleased, Lord, continue to be pleased in what is said now. For the glory of your name, I pray Jesus Christ would be exalted off of my lips. I pray the saints, my brothers and sisters who I loved, will be helped by the word now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Today we are looking at Psalm 42, and I want to tell you that this week I met a discouraged man. This week I met a discouraged man in this text. You can see the way he describes himself in verse 5. He says he's in turmoil. In verse 3, he says he's crying all the time, that tears fill his bed. In verse 6, he says he's depressed. In verse 7, I've felt this a bunch of times since we've been living in this COVID reality. In verse 7, he says he feels overwhelmed. In verse 9, he feels forgotten. Sometimes we feel like that about God. In verse 10, he says he's crushed. I met a discouraged man who helped me, and I think he can help you. And one of the things I appreciate so much about this guy is his honesty. You see his honesty? He, he's willing to say how he's actually doing. He's open about what is going on in him. I want you to know that Jesus was the same way, that Jesus was honest like this. In Matthew 26, I think it's coming for us. It says, Taking along Peter and two of, his, uh, two of the sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And he said to them, I am deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and stay awake with me. Jesus was open and honest about how he felt. He was open and honest about what he was going through. He didn't hide it. And both Jesus and this man teaches us to be people like that, who are open this is how I'm doing. This is what is going on. Not to hide those things, to share how we're doing. And, and here's the flip side of this. When people tell you how they're doing, do what you can to help. Amen. You don't just say, thank you for sharing that, and then sort of move on. You do what you can to help. Here's the other side of it. When people are open and honest like this, protect their privacy. That you don't just sort of turn around and be like, ah, oh, so-and-so told me this. Did you know that? Don't do that. You protect their privacy unless you believe the person is in danger or they're a danger to themselves. So I met a discouraged man. You're like, why is he discouraged? Well, he wants to be with God. Look at verse 1. It says, as a deer longs for flowing streams, so I long for you, God. I thirst for God, the living God. Notice that he calls God the living God. God for him is alive. He's the source of Life. When can I come appear before you, God? He longs for this. He's discouraged. He's also discouraged because he's being mocked for his faith. Verse 3, my tears, here's why he's crying. My tears have, have been my food day and night while all day long people say to me, where is your God? Where is your God? Look at verse 10. He says, 
My adversaries taunt me as if crushing my bones while all day long they say to me, where is your God? Look at uh, Psalm 43, verse, verse 2. For you are the God of my refuge. Why have you uh, rejected me? Why must I go about in sorrow because of my enemy's oppression? He is being mocked. People are all over him. They are relentless with this. Do you notice that it says they're doing it all day Long. They're all over him. They're relentless. This is, this is discouraging voices in his life. Right? They say, where is your God? And that's a rhetorical question. They're saying, your God is a myth. They're saying, your God does not exist. They're saying to him, you are actually a fool for believing. That's what they're saying to them. And it's funny how history repeats itself, Right? Because we have all those kinds of discouraging voices today that are looking at you and saying, it's a fool that you actually believe what you believe. That, th- this idea of God is a, is a myth. There's discouraging voices. But I want you to know, you should not be discouraged. Because belief in God is wise. You are not being a fool. Do you know what the Bible actually says? It says, the fool says in his heart, there's no God. We are being wise for being people of faith. And again, history repeats. Jesus was mocked like this, man. Jesus was mocked this way in Matthew 27. So the chief priests with the scribes and the elders mocked him and said, he saved others, but he cannot save himself. He is the king of Israel. Let him come down from the cross and we will believe him. Jesus endured this mocking. He stayed on the cross because Jesus did not come to save himself. He came to save you and he came to save me. And in the midst of the discouraging voices, you can find hope in this reality that our savior stayed on that cross for us. This week, I met a discouraged man, but I want you to know I did not meet a defeated man. A discouraged man, but not a defeated man. This man lifted his voice in prayer. Look at verse 9. He says, I will say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about in, in sorrow because of the enemy's oppression? Look at his honesty in prayer. Do you see that? He says to God how he feels. He's like, I feel like you've forgotten me. Prayer is not a time for you to just repeat what other people say. Don't you catch yourself doing that sometimes? Lord, I delight in you. You are so good. And you're sort of, I do that sometimes. And I'm like, what am I actually saying? Am I actually saying what's on my heart? Am I actually talking plainly to God? He's honest with God. Prayer is not a time to just repeat what other people say. Prayer is a time to be humble and honest with God. I feel forgotten. He feels this way. But notice, he hasn't lost faith. He calls God my rock. He says, you are my rock. He has not lost faith, and that's why he prays. And he asks God to give him justice. Look at chapter 43. I didn't say this at the beginning, but Psalm 42 and 43 is actually one psalm. It's just, it's just, it's broken up, but it's one psalm together. But so look at Psalm 43, verses one to two. He says, vindicate me. He asked God for justice. Champion my cause against an unfaithful nation. Rescue me from the deceitful and unjust person. He, 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 he highlights the reality that we live in an unjust world. Injustice is all around us. Notice that he, he, he gives you two ideas. Nations, Right? 
can commit injustice and people can commit act of injustice. And here's the thing, when we see injustice, when we hear about injustice, when we experience injustice, do you know what it can do? It can discourage you. And this man shows you one of the best things that you can do is to open your mouth and go to God for uh, in prayers. He says, champion my cause. Help me, God. Make it right. Do for me what I believe no one else can do. And you're sitting there and you're like, that the only thing we can do, Marv? Is it just pray and that's it? No, here's some other things that we can do. Engage in lawful means to achieve justice. Pursue involvement in legislative and judicial systems to bring about change in unjust laws. Can we get the next slide up? Expose evil and sin around us and call individuals to repentance. That is more than okay to do that when there's true injustice. Then the other one is endorse. Here's the key thing, healthy. Endorse, say it with me, healthy. Endorse, healthy. Endorse, all right, don't leave me up here. Talk to me, okay? Because there are some organizations today that are unhealthy when it comes to pursuing justice. And some of the things that they promote and they say is actually going to promote injustice if you follow what they say. So we endorse healthy organizations who are fighting against injustice. That's true injustice. So he prays. Then he says, he asks God to bring him into his presence. Look at verse 3. He says, send your light and truth. This is chapter 43, verse 3. Send your light and your truth and let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy mountain, to your dwelling place. Then I will come to the altar of, of God, to, my, to God, my greatest joy. There's this idea. We talked about this last week, that God should be our greatest treasure, my greatest joy. I will praise you with the lyre, my, my lyre God, my God. So he's away from God. Nobody knows exactly what is going on, but he's, he's away from the presence of God. And that's what he wants really bad. Remember in chapter 42, verses one to two, you saw that. He longed to be in the presence of God. And notice he says, bring me to your holy mountain. That's Jerusalem. Jerusalem's where the temple was. And in the temples where the people experienced the presence of God, and that's what he wants. He says, guide me by your light and your truth. Light and truth is what would get him safely to Jerusalem. He asked for that. This is true for us too. The light of God's word, the truth of the gospel is what guides us safely to our heavenly Jerusalem. And here's the beautiful thing about our heavenly Jerusalem, that in this beautiful place. Remember we talked about this in our heaven series. In this beautiful place, in this place of peace, do you know what there's not not there? There is no discouragement. There's only joy for all eternity. That's why we hold on. We go to the word to be reminded when we're discouraged. We hold on to the truth of the gospel and live by it because those are the things that bring us safely into the kingdom. This week, I met a discouraged man, but I did not meet a defeated man. This man remembered his God. Look at verse six. He says, I'm deeply depressed. Therefore, I remember you from the land of the Jordan and the peaks of Hermon from Mount Mazar. So he remembers God. What he does here is something 
that Israel was always commanded to do. He said, they were always being told, remember your God. When you were in Egypt, he came for you. Remember your God. Remember when you were in the wilderness, God did this for you. Remembering God reminded them that in their toughest moments, God was there. They're at the Red Sea. They're they're suffering, sorry, in Egypt. And what does God do? He sends Moses to rescue them. The text says that their cry came up to God and he sends a rescuer. They're at the Red Sea and then death is coming and they're like, what are we gonna do? There's only water in front of us. And those people are coming to get us. And what does God do? He parts the sea and he guides them through. They're in the wilderness complaining. We're hungry. Remember when we were back in Egypt, there were meat pots. We were in a good spot. We're, what's going on? And what does God do? He hears their complaint and he provides food for them. In their toughest moments, they're going through life. They're going to the promised land. There's battles that come up all over the place and God gives them wisdom. God gives them advice on what to do. Sometimes the advice, when you hear it, you're like, that doesn't really make sense, right? Walk around in a circle on a wall and all of a sudden just shout one time and it will, right? He he told them to have a church service and the walls fall down. In their, if you read the text, that's, he's like, sing and walk. That's church. And the walls fall down. God was there for them in their toughest moments. When they remembered their God, they were remembering that we were never abandoned by God. That he was there for us all the time. And I want you to understand, in your most discouraging moments, that this is true for you as well. That God is there for you. And see, when we're discouraged... When we're discouraged, and maybe you're like, I'm not discouraged today. All right, just give it a week. Right? We live in a world that's broken. Discouragement comes. When you're discouraged, don't forget that God is with you, that he's there, that that he is actually sanctifying you through it. That when you're down, when it feels like the darkness won't not live, God is actually sustaining you. I remember... My boy, Hassan Bell, he came and he preached there and he said something that has helped me from the day he said it. He said, in your deepest distress, God is still good. No matter the time, God is. And when I heard it, I was like, do I actually, do I believe that to be true? In your, and the reason why that is true is because he is sustaining you. He is sanctifying you. And you come out on the other side and you realize You are changed. This week, I met a discouraged man, but I did not meet a defeated man. This man lifted his voice and he sang. Look at verse eight. The Lord will send his faithful love by day. His song will be with me in the night, a prayer to the God of my life. Life has hit him like a train. He's beat up. But he still, notice, he still affirmed God's sovereign love. See it in the text? He will send his faithful love by night, love by day. This is what made him sing. He remembered the love of God. See, I want you to understand that it's possible to sing in dark times. 
It's possible to sing when you're down. It's possible to sing when life is tough. Think about this. Acts 16, Paul and Silas going about their business, just doing what God has called them to do, spreading the good news of the gospel like we should be doing. And what happens? They get thrown in jail, locked up. And you know what the text says? At midnight, they were singing hymns to God. I don't know what you would be doing in jail, but I'd be trying to call my mom. I'd be trying to get a, get a hold of Kim. I'm like, you got to get me out of here. Those brothers are like, we'll stay, here all, we'll stay here for a week. We'll just keep singing. We'll let you know that there's nothing that you can do to steal my joy. They lifted their voice in jail and they sang. All the prisoners were like, what? Those guys are different over there. In dark times, you can sing. Here's the thing. When you sing in the midst of discouragement, do you know what you're saying? You're saying God reigns. When you sing in the midst of discouragement, you are saying God is good. When you sing in the midst of discouragement, you're saying God is worthy of my worship no matter the time. No matter what is going on when you lift your voice and sing, this week I met a discouraged man, but I did not meet a defeated man. This man recalled joyful times of worship. Look at verse four, chapter 42. It says, I remember this as I pour out my heart, how I walked with the many, leading the festive procession to the house of God with joyful and thankful shouts. They were getting busy. They were having a good time. Now, I want to show you what made this special. First, it was powerful and special because he was with the people of God. He said, I walked with the many. It was powerful because the time was focused on God. He says, we were headed to the house of God. Worship focused the right way. It was powerful because it wasn't boring. Nobody said amen to that? Come on, don't leave me up here, right? It was powerful. I wish I had a church that wanted to say amen. It was powerful because it wasn't boring. Now you're like, prove it. Fine, I'll prove it. Festive, joyful, thankful shouts. There is nothing wrong with lifting your voice when you're with the people of God. There's nothing wrong with having a good time in the presence of God. What do you see? Some, David, what did he do when he was feeling good? He danced. Right? I grew up in a church where they were in the aisle. I'm not saying we got to do that. But they danced. and There was a good time. Festive. That's what made it special. And this is what we're aiming for as a church. We want to we be joyful. We want to praise and give thanks to God for what he has done for us. When the gospel touches you, it's hard not to be like this, to be this joyful. This time, I want you to understand, was powerful and pleasing to God. Festive and joyful. And I want you to understand that singing like this can help the discouraged person. See, I, in the last point, I said that you can sing in dark times, that it's possible. But here's what I also know. Sometimes it's very hard. It's just not possible to sing. 
Sometimes you're so discouraged. Sometimes the thing that you're going through is so hard. There's so much tears. There's so much frustration. There's so much confusion. The discouragement is so deep that it's actually very, it's impossible you feel for you to lift your voice. And in those moments when you feel that way, do you know what it's tempting? It's tempting to just isolate yourself. It's tempting just to stay away. It's tempting just to not be with people and just to sort of sink in yourself. But don't do that. Don't do that. Step out. Get with some people who love Jesus, who are not afraid to lift their voice, who are not afraid to have a good time in the presence of God. Don't isolate yourself. Go and be with them and let them sing for you. Let them do the singing for you. Gerald Wilson said, when it's no longer possible to see God with our eyes, Sometimes it's necessary to hear him with our ears. Let them sing for you. Sometimes we come to church and we're like, how can I minister to somebody? How can I do that? You know, Marv's up there talking, there's something, and I'm, I don't feel like I'm doing anything. I, I, I don't feel like I, I get to, to minister. You're like, how can I minister to someone? This is one way that you can minister to people, by coming and singing by coming and lifting your voice. Because when you do that, you know what you're doing? You're reminding that discouraged person who cannot sing, you're reminding them of the gospel. You're reminding them that they are loved by God. You're reminding them in song of the sovereignty of God, that he is in control. When you lift your voice and sing for the discouraged person, you know what you're doing? You are reminding them that in the middle of their discouragement, they're not alone that there's somebody else with them in the faith. You're actually, when you sing, increasing their faith. You're helping them sing. And so we lift our voice and we sing for those who we, and some of us, we know who are hurting. We know who are struggling. Sing for them. Lead them in song and bring joy again to their heart. Remind them of the joy of their salvation. This week, I met a discouraged man, but I did not meet A defeated man, this man preached to his soul. He preached to his soul. Look at verse five. He says, why, my soul, are you so dejected? Why are you in such turmoil? Put your hope in God, for I will yet, I will still praise him. Look at verse 11. Why, my soul, does it three times. Are you so dejected? Why are you in such turmoil? Put your hope in God, for I will still praise him, my Savior and my God. He keeps reaffirming his faith. Look at 43, verse 5 in chapter 43. Why, my soul, are you so dejected? Why are you in such turmoil? Put your hope in God, for I will still praise him, my Savior and my God. He says, he, he, he rebukes himself. You notice that? He's like, why are you so dejected? He's doing some self-talk. Then he encourages himself. He says, put your hope in this. Put your hope in God, for I will still praise him. The NIV says, I will yet praise him. He knows that this discouraging time, it won't stay that way forever. He, like Sam Cooke, he knows a change is gonna come. And so he puts his hope, he says, put your hope in God. He tells his soul the truth. Martin Lloyd-Jones said this. It's coming, don't worry. Have you realized that most of your unhappiness in life is due to the fact that you are listening to yourself instead of talking to yourself? 
Take those thoughts that come to you the moment you, were, you wake up in the morning. You have not originated them, but they are talking to you. They bring back the problems of yesterday. Don't you wake up sometimes and you're like, there it is right here. And it's just recycled, 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 recycled. Now this man's treatment, here's what this man does. Instead of allowing this self to talk to him, he starts to talk to himself. He stands up and says, self, listen for a moment. I will speak to you. He tells himself the truth and he models for us what we are to do in tough times. We, tell our, we speak to our soul. We say, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold on, hold on. You're not, wait a minute, flesh, because that's what it is. You're not in charge. The word of God is. And I'm going to tell you what I know from the word. Let me give you a couple things you can say to yourself. My father is perfectly sovereign. So even in the discouragement, nothing can separate me from God's love. And he is with me during difficult times. Keep them going, Steph. It's all right. Let them have it. I'm no longer a sinner. Do you understand that? You are a saint that is being sanct- who is being sanctified. That's how the Bible talks about you. That your identity has changed. That God is doing something unique and special and new in you. You tell your soul that in discouragement. You will also tell yourself, my father is going to give me the kingdom. Jesus says that. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. My father is the judge of all the earth and he will do right. This man is being oppressed. This man has is, is got enemies all over him and God, he can hold on to this fact that God is going to make it right. It's not going to stay this way. Next one, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places are waiting for you. The Bible says that you have an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, being kept in heaven for you. And this means that you are going to get new bodies. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And you know what's great about this place? There's no suffering, no tears, no sin, no discouragement. Joy for all eternity. That is what we have to look forward to. And you tell your soul these things. He models things for us to follow. Speaks to himself. Back when I was playing football, I tell you guys, there's a lot of football stories in my life. So I just, whenever one fits, I just stick them in. We had this coach, his name was Coach Red. He was about yay big. We Coach Don, we called him Pepper Pot. He's just a, he's a nice man, kind man. If you went over to his house, he'd feed you. He was, he was good that way. And we used to drive to games. So, you know, he'd be driving from Halifax or driving from New Brunswick where we're in a game or driving from Quebec. And the bus would always pull over to the side of the road and Coach Red would get out and he'd just walk into the forest. And I'm like, why are we letting that man off in the bushes? And it's like late at night. Here's the thing though, as a rookie on the team, I'm surprised, I'm shocked. But the, you know, the vets, they're not surprised at all. Guys who've been there for you know, year four and year five, not surprised because this was something we always, they always did. They always just let Coach Red off, always. We'd just be coming up here, Coach, this is the spot, Coach Red would just get up, always did. The way we always let Coach Red off the bus on the side of the way, highway, 
there's always going to be discouragement. There's always going to be discouraging times. But I I told you at the beginning that this man helped me and I believe he can help you when your discouragement comes or if you're in discouragement, a discouraging time right now. There's always going to be discouraging times, but do you know what this man teaches us? Even though discouragement comes, we don't have to be defeated. That there's the reality that we can have victory in the midst of discouragement and all we have to do is the things that he does, the the, the steps that he takes. He doesn't just sort of sit back and say, I'm just gonna let this overwhelm me. He engages and we can do the same. Let's stand and pray. Father, we give you praise and glory, God, for words like this, passages like this in scripture. And this has been a discouraging time. Maybe not for everybody in this room, but I know for many people in this room, the ups and downs, the length of how things have gone. But Lord, I pray that you would help us, Lord, not to let discouragement win. To see and know that from your scriptures, you have taught us, you have showed us that as we follow the spirit and take these steps, that there's a way out of discouragement. There's a way back into joy. There's a way to not be defeated. And so we give you praise, Lord. And as we sing again about the reality that you are our solid rock, I pray that for those who are discouraged, that it would bring joy back to them. And I pray for those who may not be going through discouragement now, that it would prepare them, this would equip them for what may come. And so we give you praise, Lord God, because we ran into a discouraged man, but we did not need a defeated man who helps us. Help us to walk by the power of your spirit in these times, we pray in Jesus' name. For more resources or information about Hope Church, visit hopetorontonorth.com.